0: Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. That's greenlight.com slash odyssey. Coming up. Federal investigators say that she faked
1: this, that this was not a kidnapping, that she willfully went with an ex-boyfriend and made up a story.
2: For Vault Studios, I'm Will Johnson. You're listening to The Daily Crime. A Northern California woman whose disappearance and mysterious reappearance set off a frantic search more than five years ago was arrested just last week. This is the 911 call her husband made when he discovered Sherry Papini was missing back in November of 2016.
1: I just got home from work and uh, my wife wasn't there, which is unusual. I found her phone and it's got like hair ripped out of it in the headphones. So I'm like totally freaking out thinking somebody like grabbed
2: her. Papini is now facing charges of lying to federal agents and defrauding the state's victim compensation board. A GoFundMe campaign raised more than $49,000 to help the family, which the couple used to pay off bills and for other expenses, according to the court filing. The 39-year-old mother from Redding's being accused of making false statements to a federal officer and mail fraud for allegedly accepting tens of thousands of dollars in victims' assistance funds. Those who aided in her search are disappointed. Missing persons investigator Bill Garcia out of San Diego has dedicated the past 30 years to helping find missing children and women help lead searches for Papini. So many people, so many resources, so, so much financial burden, Uh, Was put out to find this young lady.
0: Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. I'm
2: joined by investigative reporter and anchor Madison Wade at ABC10 in Sacramento. Madison, thanks for being here with us.
1: Yeah, thank you so much.
2: Madison, take us back to November 2016 and what we heard, what was reported back then about Sherry Papini and a kidnapping taking place.
1: Yeah, so what we know about the timeline of the events that led up to her now arrest is on November 2nd, 2016, uh, she was reported missing by her husband, Keith. She was last seen jogging on Sunrise Drive wearing a pink running jacket. And at the time, what was interesting is they found her headphones, allegedly, that she was using while she was jogging, but her headphones were neatly placed on the side of the road. It wasn't like they were ripped um, there were just some interesting tidbits when she initially was reported missing. And as you can imagine, um, Redding is a very tight-knit community. So when she went missing, this was big, big news. Um, people in, in Redding don't just get kidnapped often. Um, there have been some missing persons cases in Redding that have ro- rose to national attention. But um, her, her case really quickly became a national story. She was a mom. Um, or she is a mom rather. She is a wife. Um, she you know lived in a very rural area. and so this was just a very shocking initial case to cover um, when she went missing and when her, her husband reported her not coming home after she went on a, draw, a jog.
2: And Madison, people not familiar with Redding, that's in Northern California, n- north of San Francisco.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's about two and a half hours north of, of Sacramento, about uh, you know, three and a half hours, four hour drive to San Francisco. Um, it's right on I five, the Reading area, but she wasn't reported missing from Redding. She was actually reported missing from the county. And again, a very rural area was uh, an area where they started to do the search was Old Oregon Trail and Sunset Drive. I mean, that's a very remote area. Imagine jogging along an area without a sidewalk. That's where she was. Somewhere very remote and rural. um, Only, you know, a few neighborhoods out there. It really wasn't well-developed where she was jogging.
2: So a period of of weeks go by, right? She's missing and then all of a sudden turns up.
1: Yeah. She was found on Thanksgiving morning. That alone was something a lot of people were suspicious about. Even myself as a journalist, it seemed very coincidental that someone who was missing for several weeks with just no trace of her at all and her family doing several interviews, begging for attention, and then for her to be found on Thanksgiving morning in Yolo County, which is um, about a two-hour drive from the Redding-Shasta County area. Everyone was just so grateful. Everyone was so amazed that she was alive, she was okay, relatively speaking. Um, Her physical appearance was very different, but Again, she was found. um, She was reunited with her family uh, after investigators interviewed her. And then an even bigger twist in this story started to reveal itself.
2: And and we'll get to that. You mentioned her appearance. And, I mean, her hair had been cut short, right? And she had scratches and bruises and things like that, right? Right.
1: Yeah, she was. So according to uh, Sheriff Tom Bisenko at the time with the Shasta County Sheriff's Office, uh, she was found on the side of I-5 at the intersection of Country Road 17 and I-5 in Yolo County. Again, very rural. There is literally nothing around there um, besides farmland. And a a deputy was actually the one who came across her. She was bound with restraints, according to investigators. She had a message branded on her. In um, that message, we don't know really what it said. And she was just, she had scratches on her, bruises on her. She had a bruised nose. Her hair was cut short. Um, I think she was wearing minimal clothing as well. So this was very just, you know, shocking to get those details because then it made it seem like, okay, well, Who took her, right? If she was bound with restraints, I mean, someone put those restraints on her. So, of course, as journalists, you know, we started to try our best to paint the picture of what happened to her.
2: And did investigators learn a lot more about her alleged captors early on?
1: Yeah. So at first, the sheriff's office in Shasta County, as well as Yolo County, they believe whoever abducted her were two Hispanic female adults who were driving an SUV and they were armed with a handgun. Um, We also at one point had a sketch sketch. Uh, drawn out about these two women. Um, One had like a mask covering her face with with really shaven eyebrows. Um, It it just seemed like a very interesting twist to this whole situation. Um, But we were never told, you know, what, she was doing for those three weeks um, that she was missing. We we had no idea. We just know that, you know, the search was on for two Hispanic female adults driving around in an SUV. A lot of people were curious, is this a human trafficking case? What why was she kidnapped? Why was she targeted? So there was now a lot of fear in the community over who did this to her.
2: And Madison, one detail I wanted to ask you about, there was also some discussion or information. I'm assuming it came from investigators that she had had contact with another man from out of state on or around the time of her kidnapping. Is that right?
1: So, yeah, initially, of course, a lot of people were looking at Keith, her husband, right? Um, Because he was the last person to have seen her. He also reported her missing. He found her cell phone and earphones. Well, he passed a lie detector test. Um, They also cleared a Detroit man that they said Papini had texted and planned to meet shortly before she disappeared. So he was in California at the time of her disappearance, but told investigators they never met, though they had spent a weekend together in 2011, five years before she went missing. So, of course, that was interesting, right? But he was cleared, um, he had an alibi, and, and so really they were back to square one.
2: So Madison, Sherry Papini goes missing back in November of 2016. She turns up on Thanksgiving Day. She has this story of captors. And really, the years go by, and people sort of wonder what the heck happened to her, but but it's never determined. We never have heard much more as far as I know. Bring us up to the latest developments.
1: Yeah, so she had both male and female DNA on her body and clothing when she was found. It's always the DNA, right? The DNA eventually led to a former boyfriend in 2020. That's all according to court documents that we haven't been able to see yet. So the former boyfriend told investigators that Papini stayed with him at his house during the time she was gone, during the whole time she was missing, and said that she had asked him to come to Reading to pick her up though he said they never had sex. So his account was verified when authorities tracked the locations of two prepaid phones that they've been using to secretly talk to each other as early as December 2015, all according to, again, a 55-page court affidavit filed uh, to support these criminal charges we're now talking about. So to even corroborate that story even more, a cousin of the former boyfriend told investigators that he saw Papini at that man's apartment twice— we don't know um, exactly what the conditions you know, of, of seeing her were like, but both times she was unrestrained. So it seemed like she was willfully there. Uh, about three weeks later, records backed the ex-boyfriend's story. So it turns out, according to these records, he rented a car and drove Papini back up to Northern California. So according again to the court documents, he drove up to Reading to grab her. Um, And I don't mean grab by kidnapping. I mean, hey, come with me. We're going to go down to to Southern California for a little trip. And then drove her right back up to Northern California. So that's what we know so far. And again, these court documents are are sealed to our knowledge because um, she was just arrested.
2: And her family has actually released a statement. Can you tell us about that?
1: Um, So yeah, the family has released a statement to ABC News. They say, We love Sherry. We are appalled by the way in which law enforcement ambushed her this afternoon in a dramatic and unnecessary manner in front of her children. If requested, Sherry would have fully complied and come to the police station, as she has done multiple times before, where this could have been handled in a more appropriate way. Sherry and Keith have cooperated with law enforcement's requests, despite repeated attempts to unnecessarily pit them against each other, empty threats to publicly embarrass them and other conduct that was less than professional were confused by several aspects of the charges and hope to get clarification in the coming days.
2: If these charges hold up, uh, I mean, it it seems that a lot of time was wasted.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I think what is so interesting about this is DNA. I mean, it comes down to just the basic science that on her body, she had male and female dna and they were able to track it down to an ex-boyfriend i mean how much more simple can it be um, this is again all according to court documents we haven't seen she again is arrested she hasn't hasn't gone to court yet so you know we sh- we shall see what's going to happen but dna is really hard to disprove in a case like this
2: yeah and we hear it all the time solving cold cases or, you know, murder cases quite often, but I don't know if we've heard something quite like this one.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I also want to pull up, you know, a statement from the sheriff from Shasta County, because I think that alone also just just goes to show that this took a lot of time and research um, and, and just something that, you know, the sheriff's office dedicated so much time to. And then you add in the amount of money That was poured into a search like this and an investigation like this. And again, we're talking now because federal investigators say that she faked this, that this was not a kidnapping, that she willfully went with an ex-boyfriend and made up a story. And that's all according to the FBI, federal investigators. But um, what's really interesting to me is, is the sheriff's office releasing a statement saying how much this exemplifies the FBI's commitment to making sure that they are examining all the facts and seeking the truth no matter how long this process takes. She went missing in 2016. We're here in 2022, and now she's facing charges. Um, And it's just a very fascinating turn of events for something like this caliber. This case really captured so much attention across the country.
2: All right, Madison Wade, we'll see how this progresses through the legal system. Madison Wade at ABC 10 in Sacramento. Thanks again for being here with us. We appreciate it.
1: Thank you. I appreciate you.
2: Thanks for listening to The Daily Crime. Be sure to check out our weekly show, True Crime Chronicles, available wherever you listen to podcasts. For Vault Studios, I'm Will Johnson.